are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, we're back. It's the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Tracy. I'm Locked On Steelers. He's Locked On Chiefs, and we're getting you ready for an exciting Thursday. We've got Thursday Night Football. We're breaking that down. It's probably our most excited Thursday football game we've had in, in a bit. But before we do that, we got to tell you about our great friends at Pepsi, our sponsors, Pepsi. Remember, this football season, we know it's different. But Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how different it gets and no matter how you got to watch this season. I like to watch this season with my Pepsi right on the tray next to me, looking over the game, flipping between the channels, using that Sunday ticket and catching all the big games that I like to watch over the weekend. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I just said a mouthful there, Ryan. How you doing, my man? <laughs> Are you gargling with Pepsi? Is that what it is? I don't yeah, know, bud. <laughs> that's totally what I'm doing right now. I'm just watching it down with all the Pepsi. Well, I tell you, it's been a long week. I think we all need the caffeine at this point. Uh, maybe a triple shot of espresso will go in there, too. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. It has been a long week. But, Ryan, let's talk about the – I think, you know, that's not the elephant in the room, but something that's really, that's emerged even more so over the past couple of weeks because now Tua Tagovailoa has played two games. His first game, people weren't excited by. His second game – People were excited by the way that he was able to put up numbers on the Arizona Cardinals, outduel Kyler Murray. So now you've got those three top quarterbacks that everyone were talking about at the beginning of the season. They're all playing, and people are excited about all three of them. Joe Burrow with the Bengals, um, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, Tua Tagovailoa with the with the Dolphins. Um, th- this is a really exciting time to be looking at young quarterbacks right now. Yeah, it's huge, and this is – it's really interesting, and for those of you that have been listening to the show, you've been hearing uh, Kyle from Locked On Dolphins on a lot of Mondays, and there's good reason behind that. Um, and, and Tua, I think, he got kind of a raw deal at the reaction from the first game. I mean, he's a rookie who hasn't played a snap yet, and he got thrown back in there. Uh, after a bye week, I'll give him credit, but replacing Fitz, who's been, you know, really everybody's kind of get-you-through quarterback for the last, I don't know, decade – um, that's a lot to live up to. And I thought he settled in second game, really started to make uh, some of his moves. Some of his athleticism came out. I think it reflects, honestly, what I saw right away in the draft because I had Burroughs, Herbert, Tua mm-hmm. on my draft board because of Tua's injury concern, not because he can't play, but these guys are all good quarterbacks. They really are. because it, And it's not just athleticism. It's not just, oh, this guy can run a little bit. Oh, this guy has a big arm. I love the way that Joe Burrow keeps his eyes up and is processing downfield. I love the way how he's calling things out for the Bengals. And the Steelers are going to have to take, take him on this weekend. That's going to be a really interesting game. Their records may be vastly different, but I really think that there could be some interesting challenges there. But that was the thing I was concerned about Justin Herbert. I wasn't so sure that he was going to be able to guy that, that, that could keep, the, keep his head up, keep looking downfield, keep taking shots. And he's absolutely doing that for the Chargers right now. Sure, they're struggling in a lot of other ways, and there's problems and stuff like that. But he's coming to play, and he and we're seeing that size of his 
you know, you like that prototypical build of the quarterback that's taller and can get the and, and can see over the line. It's coming into play. It's letting him stand tall in the pocket and make really decent throws and, and challenge defenses. And then, you know, on the opposite end, Tua Tagovailoa, not as big, you know, left-handed, but he's going out there and he's flipping the ball around. He, he's making people miss. He's, he's using his legs, but he's also making plays downfield. Now, granted, he only really did that for one week this past week. We got to see how it, how it, how he builds off of that. But I got to ask Ryan. You said you ranked them Burrow, Herbert, and Tua going mm-hmm. into the draft. Where would you rank them at least now, seeing what you what what's what's happened so far? Man, it's a tough one. I I would not have guessed that we'd be saying the Dolphins are the guys out front of these three. Yeah. Um. But I am a little bit akin to. Uh, nothing against Joe Burrow, but I like the way that Herbert's playing. I like the fact that he's using his body. He's using his athleticism that was, I think, kind of downplayed in the draft process. And he's buckling through, I think, more adversity right away, whereas Joe seems to be getting the command and he needs a better cast around him. But I'll take personal development, which was what Herbert needed and what he was short on before. Right now, I would take him one, Burrow two, and two has an asterisk at three. I'm actually in the same boat as you. I think Herbert, he's, he's shown me the things that I was concerned about him not being able to do. You know, you know, how many times have we seen a big-bodied quarterback come into the NFL, you know, have a lot of really good prowess in college and then just phase out? I mean, heck, the, the, the Chargers, Ryan Leaf. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you look at, you look at uh, what, what Herbert's been able to put together, I, I think that's been really impressive to see. What I've seen from Joe Burrow is kind of what I expected from Joe Burrow, especially on a team that wasn't that good. He's, he's making plays here and there. Now, what, what will impress me with Joe Burrow is if he keeps this up all season, his teams start to tee off on him because that's what happens to all quarterbacks. You hit that that second-year, third-year wall at some point where defenses are like, he likes to do that. Take that away. See what he does. And, and and then you see him struggle and figure it out a little bit. Um, and I want to see how what you know where he goes when that happens. So, like you said, two is kind of on that asterisk. He's only played a, you know two games so far. Um, you know he was really good in his last one, but yeah, I just I'm not I'm not too sold on him on him being the ultimate guy just yet. I do think though that uh, as the season goes on, if he gets the Dolphins into the playoffs, that's going to change my perspective a lot here because. The Dolphins, they were competing with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but if this guy comes in and changes things up and leads them to a serious run, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna give a lot of respect to Tua Tagovailoa and, may, and say maybe Miami is back for the first time since Marino. Well, yeah, and credit to Flores because that's hard to go away from a vet who's winning you games and put the rookie in. You have to see upside on the backside of that decision or you don't make it. So – they clearly have to know something that we don't. Maybe this can take what is a middling team and instead of just scratching out wins, can elevate them. I'm, I'm interested to see how long he keeps it up and who throws some, some Hail Marys at him that kind of throw things off and how he adjusts. But, you know, everybody's got to adjust because this is kind of a weird season. And this football season is different on all levels because Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch, whether it's the Dolphins or the Chiefs or the Steelers or whoever else is your team. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a, le- a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. You can go see more at madeforfootballwatching.com. And you know, Ryan, when I get when I have a Pepsi, I gotta have some good food with that Pepsi, right? And 
where can I get good food? Well, there's all these options around. It's so hard to choose, but you know how it can come right to me? That's with our great friends at DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, Some everyone's having, they're, they're craving for Froyo. There's something for everyone with DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants for years, now they're counting on you. DoorDash is the app that brings the food to your that, that you're craving right now and right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep your communities and operate safely. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order for $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Remember, that's $5 off and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get DoorDash today. Now, Ryan, we got to talk about some power rankings. Because it's we're 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 more than halfway through the season now. Yep. We're the double we're in week ten, double digits week. It's time to look at which teams are positioning themselves for the, the uh, a strong playoff run. So let's start in the NFC first. Okay. We got we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna work our way, I guess. Should we do bottom to top or top to bottom here? But we, but we, we're going to give the teams that we think are in the prime position, not just standings wise, but where I think it, where we think will end up to be in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and we're talking about victories, not just where they stack going into those playoffs. Yeah, I think we should go seven to one, and then we need an asterisk, right? Because the league went and said, "Hey, if we miss games, we might have sixteen teams play in this uh, playoff." I'd hate, right? I'd hate that so much. <laughs> there's always a monkey wrench there's always something just thrown in there all right all right all right so all right so here's what we'll do you get we'll start with you we'll start with who's your seventh seed and then who's your first team out the playoffs Ooh, okay my seventh seed is personally going to be the rams on the nfc side because I'm just not sure that they can continue to put through there and, and they'll, they'll make the playoffs. Clearly. I don't know if they get out of that first round. So I'm going to put them as equals one of the wild card losers. One of the wild card losers. Okay. I'm going to go with you. I think they're going to hold on to that seven spot right there. I think that they, they've had some impressive wins, but then when you look back at them, they're against the bears in the NFC East. And then you're like, huh, when they actually play, you know, teams that have all the talent, it it's not so exciting. They're, they're my, they're my, uh, my, my first team in on, on the seventh seed, or the last team in, rather, on the seventh seed. I think the team is just going to miss the cusp here, though. I think it might end up being the Niners. I know, I know that the Bears are, are, are five and four, but I, I, just, I feel like something's going to add up there and it's not going to go well. I can see that happening as well. There's, there's a lot in there. For me, when you take the next step up the ladder to six, yeah. it, it becomes kind of a question about who is each team. And I think we've seen a lot of up and downs. We're going to talk about several of them here, but for me, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm oh, not convinced man, they stole can sustain. It. I want it. Ah! <laughs> I'm not sure they can sustain what they've been doing. This was not a team that was ready to deal with its 
competition the other night against the Saints. And for me, I think that actually gives them a little bit more concern than what they did prior to get to that spot. Yeah, I was concerned about this game going into it. Uh, there's a lot of players that I really like from from Tampa Bay. You know, f- you know, forget the offense with you know the loaded talent. I love Antoine Winfield. I think him and um, Jordan Whitehead uh, are are two prime playmakers at the safety position. They've got Devin White in the middle of the field. They've got a lot of potential, but they just there's a lot of inconsistencies there. They're also my sixth team right now in the a- in the a- NFC. Um, I just I don't feel like that's I, I don't like the way how they eat the way against the Giants and then got utterly destroyed by the Saints. It's one thing if you just keep winning with, you know, again, you know, keep winning and sometimes you struggle against lesser teams. You know, the Steelers are doing that, but they're they're undefeated. You can't do that and then get utterly smoked the very next week to follow it up. And that's why they, they've dropped down for six to me. But five, it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about maybe all the teams in the NFC West making it. But. I think there's a lot of teams from, from the NFC South that are getting here, but I do have an NFC West team being the, uh, the highest ranked uh, wild card team here. I'm, I got the Cardinals going at five. You know, I, I like that. And I actually have them a little bit higher because I'm going to do something a little bit. weird. I'm leaving the oh. NFC East out. I don't care that yes, they're going to send somebody cause they'll win a division. I don't care. I think that, <laughs> there are multiple teams. Honestly, I think there's seven teams that are better than the Eagles. And that's kind of okay. how I want to do the rankings. Who's better? My team is going to be the Cardinals because I actually like them a little bit higher. I think that there are other teams that can sneak in, but those Eagles just don't look like they're going to be able to pull it off. So I'm going to put them up a little bit and try to ignore the whole fact that there's got to be a winner in the NFC East. Oh, geez. I, I got the Eagles just being the last division winner. You know, they're, I think that they could pull it around. Carson Wentz is still a quarterback that I think will eventually figure some things out. But this team is just it's, – it's rough to watch sometimes, man. They, they need Miles Sanders to be back and fully healthy. They need their receivers to come in. I think Travis Fulgham has, has really done well. But So I'll, I'll put them in my four. All right. Now we get to the, the nitty-gritty. Who are your top three teams left in the NFC here? Well, given how we've ranked these, I think they're the same. It's just going to be the order for me. And I know it sounds strange. He can cook all he wants, but I think the Seahawks are the third out of these teams. Whoa. Seahawks dropping to three. Okay, I see what you're doing there. You got to be able to stop people in the postseason, man, and I just don't buy that they can. You know, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. They're they're, they're struggling defensively. So I, I, I had the Packers at three, so I guess that would be your number two, correct? You are correct. That's exactly right. how I see it. All right. All right. I see you. But we both have the same number one the team that just utterly destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the New Orleans Saints. Dang, they're good. Yeah. And without Michael Thomas, you saw what just a little bit of time brings back. I like how Cook's kind of an ascending player, getting a second chance in that town. Obviously, stopping Kamara is going to be a challenge for anybody in the postseason. So clearly, they're number one on that side. Very interesting there. Let's flip to the AFC. All right. Who is your last team in here? Need to look at who, uh, who who's making the playoffs as that final seven seed. Do I get to buck the system on this side too, or do I have to go with the the actual winners? I mean, you go. It, it's a free country. <laughs> look, look, all do, right, do what you got to do. The the winners on the FC side are all solid, so I I can't really even have to buck the system. And as as much as I'm happy for what the Dolphins are doing. I, I think the Browns are going to sneak in there ahead of them. I think they're a solid team if they can get their Whoa. things together. You know, Nick Chubb's back from IR. I think that makes a huge difference for not only Baker, but that whole roster. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going to put them at number seven. You're going to put the Browns at number seven. That's interesting there. I'm going to put 
the Raiders at number seven. I think that they've had some interesting upsets. I think they're up and down. I think they're going to drop a little bit, but I have the Raiders sitting at seven here. And uh, sitting at six, that's where I have the Miami Dolphins. I think that they're going to continue to rise this year. I love their cornerbacks. I love, uh, I love what they're starting to do on offense. Um, I think they've got some answers that are, that are going to give some people fits down the, down the line this year. They may even jump up to five, but I, I, the only reason I hesitate about that is because I think the Ravens are also going to finish strong, and they are my five there. But I, I got the Browns missing. I, I, I just I don't believe in them until they give me something to believe in. Like, you know, everyone keeps saying it's their year, it's their year, it's their year. They're going to do it, they're going to do it, and then they fall flat on their faces. And, and what happened? They did that again with the week against the Steelers. And what happened? They fell flat on their faces. I just – I don't see it until a Browns team shows me that they, they can be that. And when it happens, great. You know, I'll be ha- I'm happy for you. But until then, I can't pick these guys to make the playoffs. That's hey, that's fair. I, I'm am definitely projecting, and I'm just going off that feel, especially because I know the Raiders a little bit too. So, <laughs> for me, I have the Colts sitting at six. I feel like they're underachieving. Uh, the quarterback, you know, we'll talk about him. I'm yeah. sure coming up here soon. Yeah. Uh, but I have them at six, and I'm actually going to buck the system at, at at five because while they're not going to be one of the division winners, I think the Ravens are in the top four. Okay, and I do like the Buffalo Bills, but I have them at five. Then we get into, I think, what is a one-dimensional offense. I have the Titans at four. Yeah, I look at the Titans, and I'm a, I'm a little suspect on some things there. The way they lost to the Bengals was not encouraging. Um, they played the Steelers tough, which I thought was good. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I go back and forth about these two teams. Um, uh, who do I put? But who do I actually want to put it for? I'm going to actually put the Bills at four. I'm going to actually put the Bills at four. Because I think that I think that you know, we've seen some excitement out of Josh Allen, but I believe more in what the Titans can put together when they're playing well um, to be able to be. And they're going to be my three. I'm going to put the Titans at three simply because they may, they may have they may you know that depend a little too much on Derrick Henry, but AJ Brown is a serious threat on offense. Um, Corey Davis has stepped up at a time. Johnny Smith Smith's been that been that guy for a bit. I think that you could see this team pull off some major upsets later down the year with the talent that they have. Not that they guarantee they will, but I, I, I like the composition of their team right now. That's fair. And that brings us, of course, to the top two teams, which clearly, folks, if you haven't listened to our individual shows, you know how this is going to go. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Chiefs as number one and the Steelers number two, despite their records. And I'm guessing you're going to say... <laughs> of course i'm picking the undefeated Steelers to go number one uh well no but uh just a uh when i look at this i i see both of these teams are highly competitive both of them are balanced the reason i'm only picking the Steelers above the the chiefs is because you can take away ben roethlisberger and the running game is going to take away you can you can run the ball a little bit but they've got playmakers in the secondary at every position and i think that's the one thing on the Steelers side is that they're balanced across the board at every position group. And I, I think the linebackers are about to get a boost from Avery Williamson, especially in, in helping against the run. That's where they've really come in and they've got depth at different positions, you know, Cam Hayward and Stephon to it, you know, they're getting Tyson Alulu back soon. And he's going to be a big help in the middle of the field. And Alex Highsmith, the rookie edge rusher, everyone talks about Bud Dupree and, and TJ Watt. Highsmith got his first sack last week, the week before that, he got his first interception against Lamar Jackson. And he's been very good against the run. Uh, 
I just I look at this group and this, the Steelers have shown, hey, you can you can we, we can have a bad day in this group, but then we're going to beat you with this group. And, and they've done that consistently throughout the year. The Browns game is the only time we've really seen the entire team click at the same time. And that's when this team's scary. That's why I have them number one. But again, this could this this could come down to a lot of different factors when they play when they play the Chiefs, if they play the Chiefs in the playoffs. We hope that this happens because these two teams are really exciting to watch. So there you have it. Those are our power rankings in the AFC and NFC, getting you ready for the uh, getting ready for the playoff picture. But Ryan, we gotta get to we gotta start to picking some games next. Before we do that, why don't you tell about well our our people about our friends at Bilko? You know, this is the point in the season where everybody, every good team, rises above and has to break through that late season wall here in mid November. And when I have to go through a wall, mental or physical, it takes a little bit extra, and I use Go to do it. They're easy one-and-a-half-ounce packages that fit anywhere you need them, your pocket, your backpack, wherever. And they're the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural and better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It combines energy gel with collagen protein, and that's fast-absorbing, gets it in your system, and it's easy on your stomach. They'll close loaded with good stuff to ignite your workout, like beta-alanine, B3, and honey, and just a touch of caffeine, which always makes me happy. Uh, they also keep you with uh, the vitamin side with B6, B12, and like 10,000% of your daily needs. Visit BillGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next offer. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20%. Off of Bilko at Bilko.com. Let's go. Back here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Chris Carter, with my friend and cool host, Ryan Tracy. I'm Locked On Steelers. He's Locked On Chiefs. Yes, we just both picked our teams to be the number one teams in the NFC. But now we're about to pick for you our top picks this week with the top games. And on one of our top games this week, Ryan is an interconference matchup that I think is very intriguing from two very young quarterbacks. The 7-2 Bills are going on the road all the way to Phoenix to play the Arizona Cardinals, who sit at 5-3. and three. The Bills are an interesting team here, Ryan, but I don't mm-hmm. know about if they're, if they're ready to face these Cardinals just yet. Well, and the thing that really sets them apart is last week when, when you would think that you wanted to protect the passer a little bit, run the ball a little bit. They said, forget about it. Yep. We're going downtown all day long. So you, I don't know that you know what you can get from them. And as good as Buda Baker is, as good as Pat Peterson is, there are some chinks that you can attack, especially with Stephon Diggs, but they have some other tools there too. I, I'm really intrigued by this matchup. It seems a lot closer to me than it does on paper. And at the end of the day, I just feel like the arm power is going to uh, not Whoa. be able to keep up with the Arizona Cardinals. I'm taking them. You're, t- you're, you're, take- you're taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. Even though nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, they're going to have to circle the wagons in this one because I think the Cardinals got way too many answers for the Bills, the, the Bills defense this week. But we go to a rivalry match of a division showdown, another 4 o'clocker here. Six and two Seahawks at five and three Rams. This is very interesting to me, Ryan, because the Rams need to prove that they're for real mm-hmm. because they've had some impressive performances. When you look at who they're up against, it's up against teams. You're like, okay, but, but did you really? And now they're five and three and they got to stay in the playoff hunt because like we were just talking about, there's teams in the NFC that are vying for that last spot, really pushing for it. And the Seahawks at winning here, would tie them with the Seahawks and vault them right back up into the middle of that, more to the middle of that playoff conversation. Who do you think comes out of this situation on top and why? 
You know, I agree with you that they need it. I'm just not sure the Rams have it. Mm. As suspect as the Seahawks defense has been to this point, uh, they're coming off of something that's going to motivate that entire roster to not be embarrassed again like they were against Buffalo. And this is, like you said, a divisional game against somebody you know that you got to see over and over again. At the end of the day, I'll put it on, on Russ and let him lead that pack. And I think you're going to see a little bit of a, a better game out of the Seahawks defense as well. I'll take the Hawks. I'm going with the Hawks as well. I just – I rarely bet against Russell Wilson. Um, and I think this could end up being a shootout. I think both quarterbacks put up good numbers in this game. But if there's any chance that I'd ever bet on Jared Goff to outduel Russell Wilson, ha, I would not do that. I'm going with Danger Russ. All right. But now, our top game we got to talk about tonight is getting y'all ready for Thursday night football. You Colts and Titans fans, I hope y'all been going at it all week because this is an exciting one. Five and three Colts at six and two Titans. Both teams coming off against tough losses against the AFC North. Colts against the Ravens. More explainable with that because they're a tough group. But the Titans losing a tough one to the Bengals. Dropped a six and two after starting uh, five and zero oh on the season. What is your takeaway from this game? And what do these teams have to do for each of them to win? Philip Rivers needs to be the good Philip Rivers, just to, to, be, to begin with. I mean, you could see it from here, right? But I'm not yeah. sure he knows how to find it. Um, it was a bit of an embarrassing outing last week for all oh, kinds yeah. of reasons, but the visual sticks in everybody's mind, right? But I like what they're building in Indianapolis. Uh, you want to see them take care of the ball better? Like, oh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> I told you this coming out. I really liked him, but you got to get that monkey off your back and stop doing that so that your career can take off I look for them again to have kind of a, a makeup game and and the guy that I really enjoyed coming out of college that I want to see do well here and I think that he can is Michael Pittman it's kind of like the like uh, almost this year's AJ right AJ plays strong he plays at the point of attack he'll go up and get the ball and he'll run away from you I think Pittman has some of the same traits maybe not the high-end speed but I like them um, at the end of the day they can't keep up with the Titans though and I do take Tennessee to win I'm with you. I'm taking the Titans. I look at this matchup. I, I want to see some Darius Leonard on Derrick Henry action, man. Those are two beasts in the middle of the field, and I think that's going to be a huge part of this game. But as, as well as the Colts' defense has played at times this year, Ryan Tannehill's efficiency is what would scare me for them. A.J. Brown, like you said, is a big playmaker wide receiver. They've got Corey Davis. They've got Johnny Smith. I think that's going to be something that, that sort of tests this Colts' defense a little too much. And on the flip side, even though I don't believe in the Titans' defense too much, I don't believe in Phillip Rivers even less. And that's the thing. Like he's just – I've always been – not impressed with Philip Rivers. Uh, you know, I, I gave him time for years to figure out who he was. But after like 2015 and 2016, I'm like, this is just who this guy is for the rest of his life. And you saw last week how he just he was looking depressed and just not being able to figure things out. This is a Titans team that went and got Desmond King to play at cornerback. He made a play, I believe, last week. Um, Adoree Jackson, I believe, is coming back soon. Um, you've got Kevin Byard back there. I just think that there's too many good athletes on the field for the Titans that, that to, to miss on the opportunity of intercepting Phillip Rivers a few times. And they have enough balance on offense with the Titans to be able to get the job done against this Colts defense. I think it'll be close, but I think the Titans win at home and, and, and jump up to seven and two on the year. So there's your picks. We both actually matched all three times. We keep doing that a lot, Ryan. Um, <laughs> I picked, we both picked the Titans, we both picked the Cardinals, and we both picked the Seahawks in those top games. What are your top games? Let us know. 
Um, Ryan, as always, great doing the show with you, man. Please let people know where they can follow you and find more of your work. Yeah, check out the Locked On Chiefs show if you want to give that a shot and check out uh, on Twitter, Ryan Tracy NFL, RGR Football, Rogue Analytics. We're kind of all over the place, but this has been a lot of fun as usual, Chris. Uh, I thank you for running this thing. As always, happy to do it with you, buddy. You're, you know, we, we, I think we are a great one-two combo. I think if someone made a NBA jam of Locked On hosts, that we would be the top locked on hosts to, to, to be in that NBA jam game. I don't know what that reference was, but I just made it. Anyways, you guys, <laughs> <laughs> you guys can follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Thanks for following the show. And this is the Thursday edition. Don't forget, stick around tomorrow. They'll be recapping the Thursday night football and getting ready for all the weekend's big games. That's Bo Brack and your boy Q on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL. Until then, we'll be back in your ears next week, but do tune in tomorrow.